Is there anything you don't want to talk about? Uh, anything. All right. If I, if anything, I'll sell, I'll just say no comment. But I, the thing I hate about no comment. Well, the yeah. thing I hate about the most <laughs> podcasts is, and it's why I, when we started talking to people, was like, you see a lot of companies that will, or people that will go like for the the top athlete or whatever. But a lot of them have the personality of cardboard, and it's like I'd rather have these conversations because there's. there's already All right, this I is good. Know, this no, stop. This is good though, right here. What you're talking about, yeah. I like that. We mean meaning like, I, is it recorded? I don't know. Are we recording? No, that's beautiful. That's why I'm. That's the stuff that I'm gonna ask you. Yeah. About. No, I, I, I uh. I hate the safe answers. It's like if I... If all right. I'm all right. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> right? We're good. We're good. He's going to be setting you up. No, yeah. no, no. No, I don't. I'm going to leave and be like, can we just cut that all? No, nah, that's fine. No, I'm talking about more for me because I'm just going to like... Like I'm seeing... I'm getting big natty vibes right here, which is awesome. I'm just... That's is what it I'm awesome saying. though? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that. That's what I'm saying. We'll get into this. We'll, I'm just going through it. This is nice. Go ahead, dude. Fire away. Is this the 110 page? No, you got the... Or your personal... Oh, yeah. Is it my personal page or is it No, it's the 110 page. All right, all right. Why? Are you not... No, no, no. You're not giving natty vibes? I better be giving natty vibes. I want my money back. I had that happen at a retro one time where there was a guy, this fucking idiot, who was doing like lap pulldowns, but he was slamming it. So like you're... Everyone in the gym is just staring at him. Every rep just hitting the plates. And I walk over and I'm like, hey... You just not do that. You're gonna break the thing. And he goes off on this tangent. And he's like, "You're definitely on steroids." This and that. I'm like, "I'm sorry." He said to you, "I look like I'm on steroids." I was like, "I want my fucking money back if I'm on steroids." What does it make you look like if you think I'm on steroids? You're out of your mind. <laughs> no, we have a lot of good friends that are on, that are that are untested, and uh, that's definitely the okay. the move to a degree. But, but your brand, um, so like you're with the USAPL or. I don't like, so the one thing I, I don't like, I mean, the whole USPA thing kind of screwed everything up because we had a lot of yeah. untested athletes. And, and my thing is, I don't care if you're RPS. I don't right. care if you're a backyard federation. I like, it's good meat directors. It's good people. I don't really care about that part. I think a lot of the problem with the natty stuff is that people become like, I'm only going to associate with these people. And I think that's stupid. It is. If you're a good person or you're funny or you're entertaining or you care about helping me build my brand or whatever, why do I care if you're on stuff? Like, it's one of those things. It's like religion or these other things where you check them off where it's like, oh, I can't talk to you because you're X. And it's like, I don't fucking care. If you're a good person and we get along, why do I care if, what your cycle is? I, I think that part of it is so cringe where it's like, you can't be associated with people that are untested. Why do I care? Well, like, how do you feel about like the ethics of a supplement company using enhanced people for advertising and promotion? That, that part, I th so one thing that we try to, I mean, I don't want to say I pride myself on, but one thing I try to do is be realistic. Like we know mm -hmm. what these ingredients do. And, you know, I, I think that supplementation can absolutely help people. But I think you see a lot of that where it's like you get this guy's 4% body fat and it's like, hey, this creatine really helped. It's like, <laughs> no, it didn't. So it's like, I think there is a level of like, you're going to sell your product. You're not going to, if I, if I'm completely realistic and I don't try to sell my product to you, you're not going to buy it. But there's like a, there is a line to straight up lying to people and not, and it's like the testosterone stuff. It's like those kind of things where it's like, if you're going to do a cycle, get blood work, get a doctor involved, do it the right way. You're taking testosterone. Like my, 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 uh, I, I know a gym that started selling testosterone. I'm like, what if my fucking 16 year old kid came home, bought testosterone? Like there are ways to do it where it's still scientifically backed and it's safe. And then there's just garbage that's thrown around on the, the internet or social media or these supplement companies where I hope that we never do that. Like people ask me, are you going to make a BCAA? And it's like, no, I'm not because that's not – just eat a steak. Just eat, eat the right oh, things, you know? You love that. What? That thinking right there. 
Yeah, nope. I mean, I've never because been about like, BCA. He's still going. I've never been like a huge uh, branch chain amino a- yeah. uh, acid advocate, but a lot of people absolutely swear that it helps with their recovery. You know, maybe those people are deficient in protein. Maybe it's easier for them to consume a serving that's you know forty five cents rather than eating a steak or something. You know, there, there's places for it, um, but you know, we we have one product that uses a, a Pepto Pro instead of aminos. Like that's cool. Yeah. Like I, I I stand by that wholeheartedly. The peptide stuff that, that that's awesome, and again, that that there is proven science behind that, and that's you make you make a good point where it's not saying BCAs are useless or EAAs are useless, but then you have the other extreme where it's like, this I gain ten pounds in my off season because I take I sip on EAAs, and it's like like we have an intro that we haven't released yet. Um, that's a pretty cool formula. We're not going to add EAAs to it. I could, I could make. I've had a, I had a bodybuilder actually make an argument to me where he's like, "Look, even if it is placebo, I like drinking it. I feel like I get energy. There's other things in the formula that help. So it's like I'm not going to shit on anybody who makes it, but it's just one of those things that if I don't find use for myself, I'm probably not going to sell it. Um, if I can, if you come up to me and say, "Hey, why do you make this? What is this ingredient?" and I can't really answer you, even though I, if I have to ask my formulator, I don't want to sell it because I feel like there are certain products that make a lot of money that you can easily lean into you know like the turkesterone or things like that and it's like it's hard not to try to do it because you know there's money but it's just not worth it's not worth risking my reputation making something that we don't think is scientifically backed like that so to your original point we do definitely i think have a larger natty audience and the reason other brand i mean we have a lot of friends like that are untested like he said and a lot of them will not take our pre-workout because it doesn't have things like dmaa etc so they'll take it and they'll be like oh this is nice for like an easy day yeah but it's not something that i would take on like a super heavy day so we definitely have we've leaned into the usapl audience i think um yeah. i'm uspa tested but obviously they're canceled now so yeah, they are. <laughs> i don't think we're going to go to any of those meets but like we haven't even really gone to like rps or untested meets because we the few times we've done it it's been kind of a wash like compared to usapl like you're definitely right we do breed natty well and the reason <laughs> the original reason why i asked that was just because of the strictness and like you said the yeah. dmaa and everything so your products are going to be uh, good for that. They're yeah. going to be tested right. for that. Held That's higher, originally yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the USAPL also, because I don't work with them, obviously. I yeah. think I think it's they are better at the hey, you worked with the New York State director, me director. This New Jersey one now wants to meet, meet you know, work with you or whoever it is. So mm-hmm. I feel like there are other feds that I'd be open to working with, but I just never, I've never communicated with them. I would, I do want to make a high stim, you know, like do a DMA or some, even if we do it like off label and do it like make another Side LLC brand. and do it. I yeah. Love DMAA. Because, because <laughs> my concern is you're going to have some kid who buys it and they're like, well, I got popped on a, on a drug test. And it's yeah. like, I want, you know, you have to, you have to differentiate, but there are a lot of people that ask for it. And it's like, it does work. It's yeah. again, it's yeah. not a, it's not something that doesn't work. I've never really used it because I'm a crackhead. DMA it. couldn't be imported anymore. It was all dried up domestically. <sighs> I mean, but you see companies that, that still, I heard it wasn't DMA when you actually well, test it. it. Oh really? Yeah. They're okay. using a uh, and something else e- to create a similar uh, feeling and labeling it as DMA to get the marketing. Well, it's like uh, area Gerenesis is like the plant extract, so you have that. There are DMHA. That's not the same though. I tried. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got. Yeah. Well, yeah. as far as like USAPL like standards go, it, from a company standpoint, if you play compliant, it's a lot. You can sleep better at night. I mean, I think there. Yeah, again, I think it's like one of those where we. I mean, I started the, before she met me. I started the business right before covid and i got the first shipment 
literally three days into lockdown. So part of it was like, I remember sitting in my basement and being like, this is the first time that gyms everywhere are closed. What the fuck am I going to do to sell an unknown brand? It's not like I have Chris Bumstead or someone attached to it too, where you can get people to buy it. So we leaned into that where it's like, look, I was a USAPL athlete. Let me lean into the people that I know and the connections and it's grown that way. But, and, and we've had people when I, when I used to sponsor like a USPA meet, or even if I did like an RPS, I'm sure somebody would be like, wow, this is like, I, I'm surprised you're doing that. But like I said before, I want good people attached to the brand. I don't care if you made up a federation down in Oklahoma. If you guys have people in the seats and you are willing to work with us, I, I want to work with you. I, I don't care about that part. And I think it's silly when you, because you end up turning into a niche product. You end up turning into like only these people are going to buy it. And, you know, I stand behind the products that we have. So well, that's what happened with most of the powerlifting brands. Um, are you familiar with at large? Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Um, his name is Chris. Okay. Right, Chris, over uh, out in Ohio, uh, he made really good products, but he was targeted almost strictly towards powerlifters. And back then, the you know the market just wasn't big enough. You know, most of the powerlifters just ate a shit ton of food. You know, they took a lot of extra stuff, and like they didn't really care about the fish oils and the proteins. And uh, so he ended up folding that company. I think you know four or five years ago at this point. Oh, wow. um, but most of the companies that tried to make a powerlifting supplement company haven't succeeded like you guys have. I appreciate that. I mean, it's cool, it's cool to see that from the outside looking in. Um, but even we're trying to expand beyond. Like, I think that'll be a limiting factor at some point. Like, powerlifting will only get so big. So, I, I mean, it's definitely getting bigger over the last, like, you know, I think all the negative things that have happened have actually helped powerlifting in a sense because now everyone, like, random people are, like, watching Goob and watching, like, other pages and being like, oh, powerlifting. And you see a lot more people, like, being interested in powerlifting, you know? So I think it, it might blow up a little bit but we want to get into like bodybuilding and crossfit and that kind of thing just to see i think you guys are at the right point of the wave if i can be honest with you uh you know like i said to you earlier 11 <clears throat> 12 years ago nobody competed raw right so now when you have all these people competing raw they're putting on more muscle mass they look better they're they're following weight categories we didn't do that you know if i was 202 and i was stronger at 202 i didn't cut to 198 yeah like, we just didn't. And, uh, you know, you're seeing all these guys that look like Russ Swole and yep. um, Debo, yep. um, you know, all, yeah. all the guys that power built, right? Like, they're all strong and they look like bodybuilders. That's John not Hank. how we were. John Hank, yeah. Yeah, all of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you guys are at, like, the right curve for everything. And uh, I think CrossFit mm -hmm. was a huge help. You know, I, I think that really pushed the raw lifting and, yeah. you know, the, the culture. I think it's hard as a. Like, I agree with you, but it's also hard when you're running the sh you're running the company. You're like, I hope it's the right time. Like, I hope I'm at that point where the. But we've seen that where you know even from COVID now, where you I think you have even people that don't compete. Like, it's easy to look at the USAPL database and see like there's only twenty five thousand people that are members or whatever else. But there's so many people. How many people buy knee sleeves or do squat and bench deadlift but have never competed or they competed once and they never do it again, and. I mean, I love powerlifting. I love the community that I, we've, we've been a part of. And I, as she said, we want to try to get out into other places, sponsor other people, put our feelers out for like even CrossFit, even Olympic you know, lifters, things like that. But this will always be my community. These are always, this is always going to be where I don't want to uh, turn around and like five years later and you're like, oh, I don't, we don't, we don't go to those meets anymore. I mean, we travel, I think we hit like 30 states last year we traveled to. I mean, we, we do a lot. And sometimes you're at a meet and you're like, why the fuck am I here? But it's worth it. I, I, you know, I, I work sales my whole life and I feel like we live in a world now where everything's marketed online and that does work. But if I shake your hand and meet you and like I come into your nutrition shop and I talk to you and I see what you're about 
I'm going to buy from you. I'm going to listen to your recommendations versus some person I saw on social media because I don't know who you are. I don't trust you. So the community has always been open arms for us. And it is kind of cool. Like we just ran two weeks ago. We had our first sanctioned meet USAPL. We gave away two combo racks. We covered $3,000 in cash prizes with the help of two uh, sponsors. Um, and next year we want to do it. We want to do five to 10K. We want to find a, a venue up here and do it. And, you know, instead of complaining the way USAPL does it, let us sanction a meet and do it our way. And we'll see things that we thought we could do that didn't work out. And we'll hopefully, in our own way, pave a little bit of a way for more people. You know, what federation, though? USAPL. So it would still be USAPL sanctioned? I think the problem is that obviously a a lot of the best competitors are USAPL. I actually wanted to do USPA before the whole thing happened. And who knows what happens with the WRPF? Like, I'd be open to it. Um, I, we even she even floated the idea last year of doing day one like attested and day two untested and finding a way to do like hey we have twenty thousand dollars give away ten k here ten k you know like and just drop the sanction idea completely yeah drop the sanction I mean the problem, the problem that you have is the IPF where like like I have some lifters that cannot go even like we're gonna do a meetup uh, May twenty seventh at Iron Revolution they can't even show up to that because they might get you know hit with a ban so there are certain things that i think is bullshit even if it's an unsanctioned meet if you give out money there they could say it's wild i don't want to go too far into it but there were lifters last year i mean there was a lifter uh rondell hunt that was he was supposed to compete ipf um he was going to go compete at uh corrupted strength was having a usapl meet the ipf told him hey don't do that so he called he, he pulled out and they banned him anyway but he there, there's a lot of stuff where they're just kind of like throwing their weight around um, and I want to, I want to do, I'd rather do an unsanctioned and go, here's the money. Even if it's just like a deadlift, Hey, here's best poll wins, but you know, test it, untested. Let's just do it. You know? Um, and not just, again, not just look at it. Like we did it, bring you guys on, bring different people on, make it a community thing where it's not about tested or untested or any federation. You're bringing the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York community together and having a good time. And that's just that, just that. I don't want to create borders where there have to be borders. It's stupid. That was the cool thing about USPA is the that it was, you had the untested and then you had the tested and you could do that. You could have yeah. a one day and, you know, but USAPL, they fucking. So I, I like, was USAPL, you know, my whole lifting career, yeah. which wasn't long. But that was a um, while ago. That was a while ago. But the, one like, of the reasons why I went out and never went back is just. It's ran by a bunch of like stingy Dude. old people, yeah. And uh, and I just you know I had one woman yelling that it was on Facebook in the Pennsylvania group. She was upset that somebody was taking a natural test booster. It had like I don't know like Fedosia in it or something, right? Like something. It was a singular ingredient, super right. simple, and it brought the guy up to like a normal three hundred and fifty test level. And she was saying that the, like he should be banned and like all this other stuff. It's like, dude, it's too much. Well. The trans stuff is going to be weird too because it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see what happens with all of that because I know that was a local court, but it, I, they're trying to push it to go nat, you know, to to a federal court. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. So but I'm on record saying I think the USAPL they'll never do it. I think the USAPL should go out and have an untested division because yes, they're drug free parallel thing, but can you imagine you have that quality and you finally because there's a lot of very good untested power. They're never going to do it logistically. Yeah, but, but, but where where the USP uh, USA USPA beat out the USA, uh, USAPL is the equipment. At least in the, you know, yep. you could use deadlift bars, and mm-hmm. I think they use the thicker squat, squat bar. Yep. And, like, that's that's where people wanted to be. You know, and especially the women, where they can deadlift so much more because their hands aren't that big. Yeah. yeah. And didn't, 
it used to be in the USAPL if you wanted to be able to like uh, I remember Mark Bell was going through with his products. Oh, the paying. The, the you gotta pay yeah. to so get in there. The I the I so that was the I suppose it was the IPF because yeah. once they split now with USAPL, say, like we could do custom single okay. as long as it meets spec, it's cool. And that was bullshit. Like Mark Bell, even like Pioneer Fit, where it's like, yeah. hey, pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's like. No offense, but this isn't the IFBB. Like, and it ain't baseball, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's one of those things that's so silly. And you know, you're gonna, but it's, but it's, it's so that the bigger brands that are already attached to it, those are the only ones you can use. Right. And SBD, you know, you in yeah. that, yeah, I, SBD, you know, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I do like their stuff though. <laughs> they could do more colorways. I feel like yes, they, they, you have like yeah. a Tuscan Raider black sand, and it's like. Well, even that has one license in the United States for a resale, and it's Anderson Powerlifting. Really, it's only yeah. one resale. Wow. Yeah. So wow. if you, if so if I wanted to sell SBD at my store, I have to buy it from Anderson. I can't buy it from SBD. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, but even Anderson, like I met him, great, like great guy. The, the, it's funny yeah. how there's so many it's a big you, part of powerlifting. Yeah. Well, you think yeah. of powerlifting like this small thing, but there's a community in different states of a lot more people than you think. You know that are part of it. So it's very cool. So, uh, the other fed that split off with the IPF is raw powerlifting or something? No, it's just raw. IPF. Uh, it's, it's, it, in America, the affiliate is powerlifting America, PA. Powerlifting, powerlifting America. America, yeah. And then the IPF is just the IPF. So, you don't work with them at all? Not the IPF. So, I don't like a lot of the, re- the way... So, with the USAPL, I agree with you. It's a lot of older people. It's a lot of boomers. I've had disagreements with them. Um, we actually went out for... A, we had this meet that we did. Uh, they had the Raw Nationals in Vegas last year. We made a really cool Vegas shirt. They saw us post it and told us we couldn't sell it. And then they treated me like a seven-year-old where they're like, well, we own the intellectual rights. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't own it. I didn't put the USAPL badge on it. It just, it just it was a card. She it designed it. It said Megan Nats. Yeah, it said Megan Nats. So they were like, you know, I had a whole fight with them about it. But they are, thankfully, I see a lot of people like Marshall Powell, who you guys don't know, but he's a South Carolina meat director, young guy, who's coming up the ranks. So you see some of those people that are being kind of like pushed out. You see some of the guys our age that are kind of coming in with ideas. With the IPF, it seems like it's just, like the only thing they have is the fact that they have the top lifters. They, they, they're, they're, it's, it's held by a stranglehold and they push their weight around like this, hey, you can't sell, you can't wear certain things on the platform. Or like, you know, there was a... <laughs> Gaston is the guy who's the head of the IPF. Someone made a meme about him and they got banned. It wasn't even like a racist or, or home, you know, it wasn't like anything. It was just a meme about him and he saw yeah. it and banned him. You know, they have a lot of things like the elbow depth stuff for the bench, which I get why you do that. But then there was a rumor about them trying to ban sumo. And it's like, I'm all for a max like, like width that you can pull, but it's almost like, if I invite LeBron James to come out and play me in horse, am I going to complain that he's six foot eight and then he had, no, like any sport is going to have physical advantages for some people. So like you're leaning into certain things that nobody's asking for. Yeah. That sounds, can I just say something? Banning sumo in the USAPL sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in I my like life, it. dude. <laughs> that is like where I, like, oh, you like it getting banned? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let me, but do I it. don't deadlift sumo, but I know like there's some crazy USAPL deadlifts that are sumo. IPF wants to ban it, not USAPL. Oh, so okay. So All right. Sorry. I always no, no, no. still yeah. put them two together. I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, it just, I've never been, I've never been asked to do it. And to be honest, the P, the USAPL, just like the USPA has such a strong community in the local area that the PA is never going to touch. It's, you're just never going to do it. You see their meets and there's like 15 people. It's They use 
Powerful thing America uses their local meats as a way for the elite levels and uh, elite lifters in America to 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 basically right. get to Qualify. overseas. They don't. Yeah. It's like it's like walking into like a like an investment place and it's like there's two guys sitting there like that uh, like a Wolf of Wall Street like they're in a rundown uh-huh. little thing telling <laughs> you things. It's 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 bullshit. And um, you know, I would do it. There is one guy, Vin Kenmore, uh, Vin Vin Mangione up in New York that I do Powerful Thing America with. But other than that, I'm not. I, I, we've talked about it where ironically as a sponsor for the pro the pro level meets you don't make money because of you know even for untested like hunter henderson's not walking over and buying three tubs of pre-workout <laughs> we're better at going to a state championship and seeing yeah. the smaller people that just want to compete and that to us is better so a lot of these bigger like sheffield and stuff like that not that they would ever ask us it's not worth it because those part people aren't you know they're not going to buy anything from us and let's be honest and i've had this problem before you want me to pay a thousand dollars for like a local championship or something like that? I don't think Powerful Thing is at that point where that I'm, you know, like that. Hey, you're on our live stream. Great. There's literally no one buying anything off that live stream, you know. So it's like again, like you said, it's not baseball, you know. Yeah. You have an active audience, but how active, yeah. you know? So I would rather go with the meat directors I know and the feds I know. And if they if they wanted us to do it, I'd be open to it. But I'll be honest with you, I don't give two shits about being the supplement you know, provider of the IPF or whatever, because mm-hmm. you're not going to buy my product because I'm the supplement provider. You're going to buy it because you look at my formula and you like it. You know what I mean? I don't want to strong arm people into that stuff. There's going to be a time and a place where your brand gets to a certain point yeah. and just that extra exposure is, you know, why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, but as far as it correlating into sales, it's just not going to happen. Not, not right now. And I'm also not the size of SBD. So it's like, it's like that money could be better spent on a better formula or on something else. An extra flavor. You know, yeah. Whatever yeah. it might be. Yep. What about uh, as far as like powerlifting goes? Do you think like the over segmenting with all the different feds is bad? Yeah, I mean, I really wish we could all get along. Like I said, I'm not saying the USAPL should go untested, but I really wish it was just one federation. I wish it was more. You know, I think it's good to have federations, but again, you draw people out of it, and then you know you have little like communities in different. Like Illinois has, um, I forget the name of it, but it's been around forever. There's a little, you know, segments. Uh, it would have been nice if USPA stayed around. You know, if they weren't scumbags, because we could have kept it to that WRPF USAPL. I think you will see splinters. Um, you know, I think more so the IPF USAPL thing is stupid, and I wish that state that I wish they were able to you know not have the issues that they have. Um, because you're, I just I, I see it further splintering. I don't think it's going to benefit in the long term. And you you get people don't know any better, and they're they're picking federations that they don't you know you're not making an informed choice. Yeah, I, I think nothing can be worse for the sport than the constant division. And because, uh, you know, you in order for people to make money off it, right, if, if the athletes eventually want to make money, if the sponsors want to be able to profit more, you need a bigger audience, right? Because that's all ultimately what it comes down to. Absolutely. In order to get a bigger audience, you need the more people to compete, right? So instead of running six different meets within a one-mile radius, you know, over a month span, you know, if we were to run one meet, obviously there'd be a lot more people there. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I think the exposure, uh, the camaraderie, the community, I think everything would benefit off of it. And uh, it, it just keeps getting worse. Uh, you know, I think better. you made a great point earlier that there's a lot of older. So one thing I've had a problem with is I have an amazing team of videographers. My one main guy, Ray, um, I've fought with people where I want to have him backstage. And I'm, I, I understand you can't have 30 videographers back there, but. You tell someone's story back there, whether they're getting wrapped or maybe they hurt their, or, you know, they're going head to head with somebody else. That person just pulled 20 kilos over. Everyone already sees the platform. We tell that story already. Let us get back there and tell a different story. And you get all this red tape where people don't want to do that. And I think that 
you know, you look at half these meet directors don't even have a social media. There was one guy that's like 75. I had to mail him a fucking check because he doesn't have Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, anything. And it's like, guys, the average age, it's like politicians. I don't want a 75-year-old person telling me as a 30-year-old what to do as a business owner. Same with this stuff. Like, I know you're going to have the older people that are retired that can afford the long hours or whatever. But, like, I'd rather see a guy who's 30, 35, 40 or a girl that, that's that age as, you know, on the executive committee because they're going to make a more informed choice with stuff versus some 75-year-old, like, person that competed raw, uh, competed in, in gear, hates the raw movement, and just, you know, just, like, look at the Arnold where you had all these masters lifters, all these equipped lifters, and it's... You know, it's a equal cash prize, but it's like we see more raw lifters of anything. So why not just, you know, lean towards what's more popular? But I don't know. Who, what, who do I know? What yeah. do I know? Yeah, I mean, gear powerlifting is basically just a completely different sport at this point. It is, and people don't understand it because you go into a gym, you go into a squat rack, you're like, "Ooh, this is heavy." You look at some dude squatting a thousand pounds roll, you're like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" No one knows what you get out of a suit because they've never worn a suit, right? Oh, that's my favorite part. I tell people I used to yeah. mention the 500s. Well, Don't tell them it was in a shirt. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's, I do think that... Wait, hold on. You bench 500 in a shirt? Yeah. When? I bench 515. You got a video? Uh, I've... Yeah, yeah. On a border, a border off the yeah. Wow. Just... <laughs> yeah, Brian Reed was there. He was Okay. Spotting. All right. I'll ask him. Ask <laughs> him. Yeah. But yeah, I got like that's seven hundred pound squats too. I'm telling him it was in a suit. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, that's also it. the part where you see natty, natty lifters or people that are raw and they look at suits and it's like this is boring. Like you said, where the more I got to know that side of it, it there's a high degree of technical. Oh, you need yeah. to know what. And I think that unfortunately, with equipped, I could walk in a gym knowing nothing about squatting and squat and enjoy it, even if I'm doing it wrong. With equipped, with, with equipped, like other sports, there's a high level of like, okay, you got to spend X amount on all this yep. stuff. And like you said, there's not some dude, unless you meet some guy who's willing to show you the rope with it, there's a higher degree of injury because there's more weight on your back or in your hands. And it's a different, like how many people make fun of Louis Simmons when Louis Simmons, while he has some stupid ideas, had some really amazing, innovative concepts that you wouldn't have a lot, you wouldn't have a lot of these ideas in raw lifting if you didn't have someone like that. But you look back and go, oh, he's a dinosaur or whatever. And it's like, you got, we have such short attention spans or, or short memories that you don't realize, like you said, that stuff came first and you should honor it. You know, even if it kind of, we outgrew it or not a lot of people do it, it should still be uh, respected. And it's still, a, it's still very hard to do. It's not like it's easier. Like people are like, oh, 800 pounds, but it's in a suit. It's easy. It's like, not really. Let's see you do that. It's like, just right. different. Yeah. There's technique that, to it. it. It's just different. Uh, the problem is the gear just got carried away. Because Louis' time, in Louis' time, they they did a lot of roll lifting, like roll training. Roll training, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, like a lot of his training still... Like quarter ply. Right. So it was completely different. Well, he, I remember hearing when they started talking about the new suit, the multiply suits, when they started, because he started with single ply, didn't he? Yeah, him and Ed Cohen competed in That was uh, back when single like, ply. the best you could get is single ply. Then they brought out the multiply. Well, that's what I've heard, is that Denim. single ply is the real equip, where multiply is where it kind of gets carried away, where it's like, okay, yeah. now it's like the thickness of the suit, or like, the strength, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, like, Blaine's a freak, dude. Sumner? He only competed in equipment because his joints were shot. Right, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> like the, he's the, just the, as strong what he raw. does in that single ply is out of this world amazing, Do you dude. remember when him and Ray would go back and forth at that raw meet? But that's, I feel like, I wish we had that now. You know, we have some really crazy lifters, but I feel like there's like almost like a legend to that. Like you don't, you just don't see that stuff. You know, like, yeah. I, I, and that's where the one meat thing would be. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be everyone going head-to-head. Which like, would be cool. Because, yeah. like, I remember at the showdown, uh, the dude, that dude, uh, Wong, was squatting with uh, against uh, yeah. Sullivan. And they're going literally squat to squat. And that was, like, the most... That was, like, one of the most awesome, like, things i ever seen with powerlifting. Because powerlifting is kind of like a single thing. You go up there, you do what you do, and then you leave. But these dudes were going head-to-head, and one was squatting, like, five pounds more than the other one for the world record. And, like, I saw Sullivan won. But, like, watching that, I was like, it's kind of like watching a sport a little yeah. bit. Whereas, and you told about the live stream stuff, it's like, who's tuning into that? Well, that's And no one understands it. No one understands, like, that he's going against him because they're squatting at different times. It's like, I don't know. You make a great point, and I think, and, I, and I, people give me shit for this. And it's not a pessimistic, I think it's realistic, but yeah. the, where does a sport grow? Like, I, I come from football and baseball, where, like, there's any sport with movement, there's, there's, it's different. With lifting, I think we get desensitized. Where like five years ago, if I saw an eighty-two kg guy pulling seven hundred pounds, you'd be like, "Holy shit!" Now it's like he's hitting it for five, or you're like, yeah. "Ah, whatever." And it's like you forget how impressive it is. Yeah. And I agree with you. And that's where the kind of doing unsanctioned meets go, where it's like, "Okay, we're gonna go head to head, or we're gonna go do whatever." You know, like you can switch it up. It doesn't have to be the same method that you use with powerlifting. But like with the live stream, there's days where I'm bored and I'm there. Like unless you're handling or you're coaching or involved in it some way, I just feel like you you can lose that. And the the big ticket is the casual fan. And how do you get that person to tune in? Mm-hmm. I caddied since I was 12 years old. I love golf when I was involved with it. You will not catch me watching golf. Like it's not <laughs> happening. So it's like that weird thing where it's like, cool, you like it because you compete, but how do you get that person to go and watch that, you know, or, or attend and watch? Like, I remember my first time competing, my mom came out and we get through squats and she's like, all right, I'm going to leave. It's over. Right. I'm like, no, we got another like six hours. And it's like, you know, how do you get that person to stay? It's, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, we'll see maybe five years from now, we, there's some more innovation, but I feel like there's not enough people taking chance on unsanctioned stuff, like having Sullivan go head to head with somebody or having two guys deadlift and go head to head, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be sanctioned under a fed. It can be just a cool idea. And it's like, that's where you get cash prizes and say, Hey, we have this cool idea. Winner gets 10 grand. You let us film it, come out and and do it. So I see then with powerlifting, if it's not sanctioned, then it's, they go to the judging. Now we got a whole and other thing. And nothing counts, right? Yeah. So if you hit an all-time world right. record, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but and that- that's where Strongman got it right. Because, like, they, they well, with the whole, like, uh, competing thing to make it interesting, they they don't, it's like, the, how many people do you talk to don't know a sh- thing about Strongman? But when they're watching it, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, me. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And then it's like, it's under one, like, what you were saying with, um... Everyone coming and doing different stuff unsanctioned. That's kind of what it is with them, right? Yeah, there's no sanctions, like no, yeah. no meets, no, or not meet. I don't know what you would call them. No, no competitions. The same. Right. It's like different events. You know what I mean? Yep. I, and that it's funny because I think strongman early on, like you know of Thor, you know of like certain yeah. people, but I actually think strongman is a really. I'm surprised it's not bigger than it is because, like you said, you can change the implements. You can make it where like I might not have strong pressing, so I'm gonna go and and try yep. to do something else and. Unlike powerlifting, which is performed in a five by five box, you are moving. It's timed. It's 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 how many reps can you do? And I feel like there's there's a like I want to comp- I want to compete in it. Like it's it's it's, it's really fucking. Cool. We got to get out of the box. What's well, like an ultra masculine? <laughs> I like that. It's like an ultra masculine CrossFit. Yeah. Right? Because there's endurance well, let's not. Let's not. It. Hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> Listen. CrossFit came after Strongman, brother. Let's not. You I know what I mean? Ultra masculine. Yeah, but no, that was like, what, that Mary's would make CrossFit a less masculine strongman. You see what I'm saying? 
No, you're not getting what I'm trying to say no, here. That's, I'm just that's saying. What I'm saying uh, I know what you're saying. I understand. Yeah. I was just basically saying that strongman was before CrossFit, so no, you should yeah. compare. Anyway, but, go on. I, I but do you remember like Marius Pudjanowski? Yeah. No, I don't actually. Really? Maybe by maybe How by, by you? lift. You, if you saw him, probably, you'd know. Probably, you'd yeah. seen him. He was the like when they were doing the strongman in Malta every year. Um, okay, yeah. He was like the super ripped one that was way faster than everybody okay, else, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just looked like a bodybuilder. Sexy I big mean, guy. <laughs> He's, he's a big tight. dude, but the, the, I need that on. I need that yeah. right there. No. Yeah, he's tight. But, but uh, the the constraint with other people getting into strongman, like I could train all I want, but if I were to pop under the car with the straps, I mean, I wouldn't even lift the car, right? I'm so short, like it, it right. just wouldn't even. Right, right. You know, ultimately, you just have to be a genetic freak to even qualify no, to, to do strongman. Now they got weight classes. Yeah, that, there are weight classes. Nobody cares about that, yeah, though. Like, yeah. you want to... When you. you look at strongman, even... You're right. I hate to say this about powerlifting, too, but ultimately, the super heavyweights are the most exciting. Like, yeah, well, it's cool It's cool to watch it. Okay, the strongest person is the most exciting. Yes. If that's a super heavyweight, then so Fair be enough. it. You know, maybe it's John Hack. I don't... You know, whatever. But... Well, Okay, go on. You, you understand what I'm saying. Like, I get what I'd you're saying. I'd rather watch like, Ray at 385 pounds squat 1,000 than watch somebody at at 275 squat 800. Okay. Equally as impressive, but I'd rather watch that. I hear you there. But then there's also the, like, the light guys that are like deadlifting like 800. There. It's like, God yeah. damn. Dude. I think that's the problem with yeah. powerlifting too is that – the you see more progress with the guys that are like that size, but sometimes it's not fun to watch. Like I agree with you, where you see like Jesus squatting nine hundred yeah. three reps, and you're like, that's just insane right. to think about. Yeah. And I feel like some of the smaller weight classes, while it is really impressive, and the formulas and everything, they're technically the strongest. If you've seen six hundred pounds pulled a million times before, even if you're a fucking hundred and ten pound guy pulling six hundred, you've seen that pull. You. I agree with you in the sense that you want to see a number never touched by someone ever before. Yeah. And, you know, when you see a Ray or a Jesus or whatever, it is it is really intense. Like, one of our athletes uh, went for 2K, and it's, like, cool to see that. Because, like, do I want to see a 75 go 10 times body weight, or do I want to see a guy put 800, 900 pounds on his back and, and, and squat it, you know? So, it's, it's uh, I think it's all very interesting, but there there are, you know, there are issues with powerlifting that I think you can't really correct unless, uh, I mean, imagine you had, like, six rotating lifts and you're like hey we're gonna just do these six that i mean there, it, it would it would be interesting i mean maybe that's what we need to do unsanctioned tell the lifters look there's three you're gonna squat bench and deadlift but there's also gonna be three other things we do that i'm not telling you and that would be because actually that's actually not a bad idea because you go look we'll put twenty thousand dollars up so there's real money but we're not going to tell you what you have to do and you see who the best athlete yeah. is you know it's interesting but then that's maybe not, you're onto something yeah then but the, yeah it's like what strict curl over at press <laughs> Well, like, that would make it like, and then there'd be competitions that are known for this something, right? So then, like, like in bodybuilding, you got the different competitions that are known for a different look, right? Like you got like, say, you want to do the Coalition Classic. Well, that's known for speed, and then you got like the California whatever, and that's known for like overhead movements, like things like that. You know what I mean? That you know, we know that uh, that's like strongman too. Like we know this guy going to the California one. He's he's a ringer for that, or he's like, or not a ringer. He he's like the head guy going to that because he's good at overheads. But then you got another guy that's good at this, so he might win the other one. I don't know. There's variation to it. Did we just invent a new sport? We might have. I don't know. And two, can we bet on it? <laughs> Listen, what we're gonna do first rule, you can bet on it. We're, we're, if we're making the if we're yeah. making the, if we're making our own sport, we're making the rules. We can bet on it. That's that's the key. 
Oh, like man, this is going places. This conversation. Five years from now, we're gonna be like, remember right that? That's how we. This does a million dollar dare. I like it. I think it's good. The, the part about powerlifting that trips me out the most is like uh, some of those guys at Power Build, like that one kid Liam. Yeah. I, I don't know him personally. How the fuck is he so strong? Is that a nineteen year old kid? All right. Oh my so god. Dude. I know Liam. Person, not we're not like great friends or anything. And this, how do I put it? He's insane. He's. Like for a 19 year old kid to be able to pull almost 900, I don't even know if he pulled 900. He did with with wraps on. I couldn't believe that. The problem is some of these guys have the leverages that other. Like that's the thing with powerlifting. I think you're not. How often do you see a guy with shit leverages that's like on the opposite end of the ape index, which is like you know your how long your arms are and everything. You know, like you. That's the kind of person that's always going to be really good. But then what I like about powerlifting is that a guy who's got long arms and a long, and a, you know, is typically not going to be, let's say, a good bencher. You know, right. so you there's a, there's an equalizer to it. You know, that's the first thing I look at. If I see anybody like constantly posting deadlifts, I look to see if they have a bench video. They don't have <laughs> they don't, any. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it's still one thirty five. But either way, like that was unheard of yeah. when I was a kid, yep. uh, especially somebody that young, regardless of size. And then he's not a big dude. Like there's not a lot of muscle on that guy where if you see him in the Walmart or at the grocery store, you're like, that guy lifts a lot. Like That's a good point. you wouldn't even really know. A technical understanding. No. He's got a great coach behind him. And it's funny because I know, you know, knowing him, he's got a very good work ethic and, you know, he's in there all the time. I mean, you know, it is funny when you see someone who they'll have 87 Devo videos and you're like, let me see your bench. And it's like. All right, I'll post it. I never post it. That's how I feel better about myself. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They got to be bad at one thing. I still want to see that 515 bench. Yeah, we got to see that. Yeah, Yeah. I I have a 475 on video, um, but I don't have that on video. But there was people there. I was back with the flip phones, too. I have the 700 on video, the squat. (laughs) Okay. No, I I believe you. Anyway. On video. (laughs) So what kind of products do you offer, if I may? So we started with a... I was a powerlifting uh, coach. I was a personal trainer. I did all kinds of stuff. And back in 2014, I was a big muscle farm. I didn't know any better. Oh, big muscle yeah. Farm. Yeah, yeah. We, we did it. The Arnold the series? Old, the muscle, Listen. Yeah, Arnold series. All right. They had a recon. They had so many good. In, in my opinion, I thought they were great. But the problem was I was never really a caffeine guy. So I would take these things. It would hit me. It would hit me the first day, and then like three days later, I wouldn't be sleeping. I feel like a crackhead behind Quiznos, you know, like Quiznos. I always have weird. Interesting. Um, I haven't heard Quiznos in a while. <laughs> That's an interesting. I just choice. feel like a crackhead sitting on the side, yeah. of like sidewalk. You're like, I don't. This doesn't feel good. So right. I started. Uh, um, I don't know who it was, but I thank thank you to whoever did it. I went to the gym one day, and this guy has shown me this uh, company in California that sells. You can just buy bulk supplements at the time. So I just, over the course of three years, just did my research, looked at PubMed oh. articles. Hey, citrulline, mm. how much citrulline do I want? Okay, I want Alpha GPC. Okay, I want this. And I would literally, I still have the notebook of just like what I would write down. Uh, every day before training, I would just put it into, I'd mix it and, and bring, God God forbid I accidentally put 500 milligrams of caffeine or something. But and, and I noticed that my friends that would train with me, I'd have a better pump. I would have, I would go, I would be able to go longer. I wouldn't crash. And at some point I was like, I had a really shitty... 2018 into 2019 and I started reassessing like um, I had started working as a strength and conditioning coach and it was you know you guys you probably know it's like 70 hours a week it was brutal and it was like you don't make enough either no you pri- they literally pride themselves on not making money it's like hey I make 7 cents a day and it's like you know, like that's just what it's gonna be and I worked under a great strength and conditioning coach where I was like if you aren't making money then this is not gonna be this is not good so I kind of had to reassess and I, and I remember you know I was like fuck it let me just try let me see what I you know what I can do with this formula. Uh, and that was our base pre-workout that I dropped off to you. Um, and then over the course of a few, I, I brought a formulator on who's a PhD student. He's really good. Um, and we started making our focus capsules. 
Uh, we have a sleep formula now. I have a pump pre. Um, and it's interesting being a small bit, small brand because when we when he came to me, uh, I told him I was like, I don't care what this costs. Like when we had the pump formula, though, he's like, what do you you know what is your price point? I was like, I don't have one. Make the best product you can, and we'll reverse engineer it and figure out a way to sell it. I mean, our pump pre, eight grams of citrulline per serving, four grams of, of Pico2. You know, you have so many other components of it where, like, there are some amazing brands out there, but it is cool to say we might be small, but you put us on that tier, like, pretty high. It's not some bullshit three grams of citrulline, like, garbage formula. Um, so I think we started with the pre-workout, and now it's kind of like, what can we make for any obstacle you face during your daily, whether it's sleep, whether it's a, a focus product, whether it's our productivity blend, which is similar to this, but it's a powder. So like a mocha flavor, it's like a coffee flavor. You want to replace your coffee. I have the intro that we're coming out with, um, which is a, a, an amazing formula as well. Um, I really don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put us in a corner where we only make powerlifting supplements or only make body, mm -hmm. whatever. It's really like, what can we make to help recover, get ready for whatever we're trying to do in life? Um, and not be painted as a powerful thing supplement, but it just anything you want performance-wise, we can we can make. Um, you know, that was a really convoluted way of answering your question, but I, I tried yeah, my best. That was good. Just tell us about a little bit, like, uh, part of the journey. Like, you getting started, you, uh, some of the, the tough obstacles that you faced. I mean, I had said it earlier, but the biggest obstacle, what makes me the most the proudest is like I said, I knew nothing. I'd sold products before I was a salesman, but I'd never done, you know, this, you don't know what you're going against. And, and half these people, even the ones that even like a, I don't want to name names, but even a lot of the companies out there, they don't have good formulas, but what I make in a year, they make in a, they, they use on marketing in three weeks, you know? So it's like, you're going up against these massive brands. How do I outcompete a brand with Chris Bumstead as the, as the head of it? I could have a better product. And in some of our products, I think I do have a better product than let's say some of the raw. But you're not gonna you're not gonna beat them out. So the the hardest part has always been how do I get my product into the hands of people that were willing to try it and spend money on it. Um, and we, like I said earlier, I started the brand. I put my pretty much my life savings into the first batch of it, and I got the product three days into lockdown in 2020. And it was like I only sold like 60% of that of that batch because it took so long. You're giving samples out, you're giving free tubs out. And I remember multiple times where I was like, do I just fold the company and just, you know, it just was the, the wrong time. Um, we had met shortly after that and she's done amazing things for the company too on the, on the you know, building the website. A lot of the formulations, we have a, a hormonal balance for women that's a phenomenal product that I think we have one of the best in the market uh, and we make a good team. But it's, it's, that's the hardest part is even like wholesale is like, you guys reached out to me but it's like, how the fuck do I just cold call people? It's like the hardest part for me is I'm the the person I, I I have I'm fulfilling I'm doing everything. If I get sick or like a few weeks ago I hurt my lat and it's like I couldn't even pick up a bottle. I'm like, what do I do? Do I call a friend to go fulfill for me? It's like being a small Brit business. I'm not jumping on a fucking jet making millions of dollars. I feel like entrepreneurship in this country is like, oh, I'm just gonna get rich quick. And it's like I'm proud to be the one going in and clocking and doing this stuff. But there are moments where you're like. What do I do to get to that next level? You know, um, I think we've been fortunate to live in this area. It's not like I live in Nebraska or something. You know, we have people that find us that way, and we do live in 2023 with social media. I don't have to scream on a, I don't have to sit on a, on a corner and scream my, you know, about what I sell. It's, it's easy to sell your product on social media, but um, it, it's, it's hard going up against those giants because there's, and every day there's a new supplement company. Every day, you know, and there, and a lot of them are funded by insane backers that have either been in the industry a long time or 
IFBB Pro or whatever it might be. So being a guy who had 3,000 followers on his social, it's not like I was massive. No one knows who I am. Um, so it's been cool to make our, like carve our kind of niche out of that, out of that industry. So, yeah, it's a tough journey. Uh, I think, uh, just in general, entrepreneurship's just blown way out of proportion. Like n- nobody's really making it that, that quick. Nope. Like a lot of their lifestyles are rented. Um, you know, and, and we, we, especially all the young kids, like you deal with a lot of young kids, but they see all this flashy stuff and obviously not here, but just in general. And, um, you know, they, they think that it's going to happen overnight. They think it's going to happen quickly. They get discouraged, discouraged quickly. Um, but it's just, it's a lifetime grind. It's, that's the funny thing is that when I started it and I said to her, I was like, I pretty much have a two year old. Like this is, this is my baby. This is going to be, you're going to be watching this all the time. And even I had just had a meeting with one of my buddies, uh, to look for outside funding because I had a couple people that were interested and I said I'm not because he's like you expect to sell the company in 10 years I'm like no I, I want to keep traveling I want to keep doing this stuff I did it knowing it wasn't going to be I'm driving a fucking Porsche I drive a Kia and I like my Kia I don't need I like you said I think in this country you're selling ideas to people you're selling an idea to these influencers these kids that think oh I can make my money doing this and it's like you really can't unless you're really hardworking and you're innovative. Even the powerlifters, you see people, I'll get emails that it's like, you know, like, what is your vision? Well, I want to be an influencer and make my money doing that. I'm like, good luck. You're, you're not going to do that through influencing. You could have 10 million followers and you're not going to make enough money off commission codes to do that. And let's be honest, even with commission codes, it's hard. If I even giving you 10% and giving the customer 10%, it's hard to find ways to give these people a lot because I'll be honest, I come from a world where, again, I caddied. I get up 6 a.m., I get home at 6, 7 o'clock at night, and I'd work. These kids now will share a photo on Instagram, and to them, that was working hard. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to sound like a boomer, but like that's the easiest fucking thing you're ever going to do. And if that's where you rest your laurels and say, I did my job, you're not going to make any money off it unless you're really lucky or you get like the opportunity of a lifetime or daddy has millions of dollars in the bank and you just get really, really lucky. And, you know, I think this world, people are selling these kids on an entrepreneurship that just doesn't exist. You have to, it has to be action. You have to do something. You're just not, even if you have the craziest, coolest product ever, you still have to put boots on the ground and grind your way up. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. I can't touch. I mean, you're a hundred percent on all that. It pisses you, me off. Hundred ten percent. Yeah, but oh. the amount of people I'll say something to somebody, and they get hundred percent. They're like hundred ten percent. I've heard that five hundred fucking times. Don't do that to me. No, no, no. Here. You're bigger than that I. That was the so first not, time. Not, that was the first that time that's ever been saying. It's true. Right? It is good. Yeah, it's in their heads at all time. Nah, that, it was a good yeah. name for a brand. I think we knocked Hell that yeah. out. Yeah, in the logo, like everything looks really good. Yeah, I mean yeah. the, the, the web page. Uh, you said that you made the web page. Looks Beautiful awesome. Page. Yeah, I was on it earlier today. Oh, you should have saw it when I first had it. I did. Yeah, it I had. Was a mess. I got roped into doing a Wix build. Uh, I had someone build it for me for like a thousand dollars. And I remember when we first started dating, and she's like, "Can I be honest with you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "This is the worst fucking website I've ever seen in my life. This is horrible." <laughs> I had someone embedded like one of our promo videos on it and it was like, I, I, for me it was fine, but like you try to load it on a mobile page and you're like, what the fuck? It's like, it's like, and then you'd, you'd check out and it would bring you to like a third party redirect and it's like, what the fuck is this like sketchy shit? So, but that's, that's another thing I, I, I think that people see me and they're like, oh, this guy is doing it all. And it's like, no, I have her. I have a team of people. You know, like I have my, my athletes that actually do help it. Even somebody, like I try to remember and I thank my customers and it's like, what do you, why are you thanking me? And I'm like, because you bought the product and then you showed it to your friends. And that is more valuable than having someone with 500,000 influencers. What we, I spent $0 on advertising the first two years. It was all word of mouth. It was all 
here's a product for $45, $1.50 a serving. It's fair price. It tastes really good. It does what you need it to do. And I'm willing to listen to feedback. And that's what grew it. So it's like, um, it's, it's always remembering that I have a team around me and I'm working hard. So, you know, she has a full-time job. This is when she does. God bless you. Cause I know there's times where I'm like, I need to do this. And she's like, okay, I'll put it on my fucking list. You know, uh, but, uh, going back to the entrepreneur part, I think that it, it's, it's, this is the fun part. You have to enjoy just like you guys, you're building, like people could look and go, Oh, you have a nutrition store. It must be easy. And it's like, no, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of fun times too, but the fun, like the, the, the rewarding part isn't the money in the bank account. It's knowing that you started from nothing and you were able to carve out a little niche, you know, in whatever industry you're in. We started with $2,500. Wow. That's uh, I had two corners in the, uh, two shelves in the corner of a CrossFit gym. That's really cool. And I was doing a little bit of consulting for the guy, but I was also teaching the power lifts to CrossFitters. Oh, God. Right? So like, don't squat like that. Squat like this. Uh, you know, don't deadlift like that. Deadlift like this. Um, and, uh, you know, then people started coming in from the outside and, uh, you know, friends, I grew up in this area, so I knew people and it just kind of escalated from there. Um, but the first two years I had a total, including weekends of 20 days off, Jeez. right? And we have brick and mortar store. That means I'm physically there except for 20 days. Um, you know, and, and for the last three years now, even though we're almost 10 years in, you know, I've woken up at five o'clock every single day, seven days a week. That's wild. Um, people don't see that, right? I mean, they might hear about it now, but well, you—he started it. I just came in looking for pro hormones one time, <laughs> and I was like, "I'll hang out here for a little bit." But and I delivered a little bit, didn't I? You did a uh, him and a him and sexy Ben, beautiful Ben. Ben, uh, he, he was um, sorry. He, yeah, it was he was with me from the start of year two through year seven and a half. Yeah, also. they were the guys, yeah. man. Yeah, we we're like the Bash Brothers, and that's why I. I'm telling you, man, I went in there to buy something, and he was like, nah, you don't need that. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, this dude's pretty, like, real. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like, nah, you don't need that. The, the craziest part was, like, we were in this grungy CrossFit gym, and people from the outside were coming in to buy product. Yeah. Like, if I walked in and I saw this little, like, couple shelves or whatever. And that was like, before, like, social this? media. I'd walk out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how people shop with us, and I don't know why the hell I'll they ever came how. back. For me, pro-hormone. <laughs> well. Yeah. You couldn't get them everywhere. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I had to find them. Yeah. You could get them everywhere. I came in. I was like, what can I run year-round? He's like, well, you really shouldn't do that. He's like, but if you do. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Nah, yeah. But I, that was, I didn't even think about that. That was really kind of like, that was when YouTube was taking off with like Dana Lynn Bailey and all them. Mm -hmm. That was like so long ago. Yeah, wow, that's when direct-to-consumer brands are really blowing up. Um, you know, it was completely different. But, you know, like you, uh, my wife and I, we met... Uh, we started dating two weeks after I started the business. It's not weird how it works. God bless them, man. Like, <laughs> you know, we started again, we started a business with $2,500 and you know, I was a mortgage banker at the time. Okay. So like, that's where I was getting my money. But eventually I stopped doing that and started doing this. And when you have to start drawing a salary and things get stressful and you, know, you go through all those, those waves and you know, have a, a woman with you that entire time. Like God you have someone her. to, yeah, someone to support you because otherwise you're just sitting there alone with a bunch of pearl hormones in yourself, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> a lot of caffeine. <laughs> when did you make the move? How long was it? When did you make the move from that CrossFit to like? Was it pretty soon? Or was it a couple we, years? We uh, we hopped a couple times. So we actually, um, while I was doing consulting at the, at the time, so the CrossFit gym was pretty good, and then we ended up building a store in the middle, and then the gym owner expanded to the other side and had a, like a hardcore old school bodybuilding gym. Very cool. We got an entire gym. Uh, 
gym's worth of equipment for $4,000. Holy shit. Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, had a couple tractor trailers on a property, and it was just all filled with gym equipment. So we just snagged it all. Uh, so it was a really good thing. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. So we moved into a storefront, and then we moved into our new storefront, which cool. we've been there for about four years. I got to check it out. Yeah. So where uh, where can people find you? Um, so we're obviously direct consumer. You know, we do a lot of online. Uh, you could, Our Instagram is really uh, our biggest part. And uh, you can find us on social media. You can find us at our website. Uh, what, at, what are the handles? Uh, at 110%. I had to beg somebody for that handle. That was that was an interesting uh, thing on its own. Really? There's some French guy that had yeah, a brand a out in guy. Europe. Yeah, I swear to God. So I, because I, I still had the notebook of like, what was I going to call it? Some of the names were fucking horrible. Thank God I didn't. Dude, and I day, wish I, we could read that notebook. Right oh, I'll, now. I'll find it. We'll do a, <laughs> we'll right. do an episode two and I'll bring it down and we'll All read right. it off and we'll rate them because yes. it was like some stupid shit. My last name is Papa, so it was like Papa's pre-workout. It was like some dumb. Oh, I love that. Papa pre. Papa's pre-workout. <laughs> If I was six foot four, like two hundred eighty pounds, no, 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 Papa. Now, I mean, no, this is Papa, dude. I like it. Uh, so it's like using the one hundred ten percent name. So right when I put the money down for, to, for the first batch, I go on, you know, obviously go on social media on this Instagram, and one hundred ten percent was taken by some. I think it was a French guy, but the, his his company was defunct. It wasn't around anymore. So I was like, how much do you want for the handle? And he was like, you fucking Americans always ask for this. I'm Ooh. not giving it to you. He's like, five grand. And I'm like, I think I called him a wanker. I was like, I wanted, to, I tried to find an insult that was more European. I was like, that's English. I know, but, I, but I, hey, I tried. I tried. I don't know any French insult. Hey, I Google I call it. Him a cooked snail. I don't know what to call him. So I was like, I was like, come on, dude, what the fuck? Like, you don't use it anymore. And then I, like a few days later, I asked him again. He's like, you know what? I still have the, it's funny because I don't believe in like the high, like the higher power it was right, meant right. to be, but he was like, you know what? I always say no. I have a feeling about this. I'll do it for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, I'll give you two fifty just because I feel like I'll, I'll actually go up. So it was just kind of funny because I didn't expect to get that name. And again, that that's a pretty common like one hundred ten percent. So because I would have been one hundred ten percent sucks or something stupid. So um, one hundred ten percent is the Instagram. Uh, the website is www dot one ten sups dot com. Um, and a little redirect that. in she there. Hates that, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. We're working on it, but um, and I'm hoping to get more wholesale. I mean, uh, you know, I think that as we uh, as we expand, we get more inventory. It's it's important to be in you know into stores because, like you said, you know, I like partnering with people that are honest. Where it's like you have someone who comes in and says, "Hey, I, you know, I don't like a lot of caffeine, or I want a big pump profile, whatever." I'm not expecting to fly off the shelves, but just having people that you trust and you can you know bring in with that kind of stuff, it's it's important, you know. So, um, yeah. We appreciate you guys coming. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it's a good conversation. This is awesome. Yeah, you're I, good, I, I, dude. I like you a lot. Do you, get, do you ever do you ever get yeah. guys that are like real stiff? Do you ever? I gotta I gotta be honest. Just me. Yeah, he, <laughs> dude, he's the stiffest. But do you ever have conversations where five minutes in you're like, this is gonna be a terrible fucking conversation? I don't know. No. Not yet. No. I mean, we've been pretty good with the guests. Yeah. You pick. You pick wisely. Try to. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know anything about you. Listen, though. you're definitely top level right now. It, really? Yeah. You got, you got energy. Got a lot going. That helps. Yeah, you are high energy, bro. I like it. I can actually see why, like, you going like to meets and shit could really help you out, dude. Because people are like, what? How much I caffeine are you on? I'm like zero, and it's like, yeah, oh, I need that. How do you do that? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Cool. I like it. I don't know why I just said I like it, but.